When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nick Hausman back here with another episode of the Winkly, and I am joined here as I am just about every Wednesday by my good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. Yo, yo, indeed. We got a we got a hot we got a hot show here today. This is uh, of course the uh, week after SummerSlam here. A lot of news popping and dropping, and not just that. We got some big interviews for you here today. Of course, I was down or I was up, I should say, in Toronto, Canada this past weekend, covering all of the events on the ground. And I uh, managed to get a bunch of big interviews. And today I'm, ro- I'm rolling another three out. Uh, you're going to be able to hear them on the show. They also drop simultaneously over on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. If you want to go find the video form there. Uh, of course, the first interview we're going to have after the news is with none other than WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley. Uh, right after him, you're going to hear from Ring of Honor World Champion Matt Taven. And also Ring of Honor Tag Team The Bouncers. Taven and The Bouncers, I did Backstage, it's a summer supercard, Ring of Honor's big show in Toronto. Mick Foley's I did uh, right after his uh, stand-up comedy show in Toronto as well. I'm proud of all of these. What a murderer's row here today, Justin. Yeah, it's a hell of a lineup. You got a Hall of Famer, you got a sitting world champion, and you got the bouncers. Matty Winchester, the Beer City Bruiser, whatever you want to call him. Wonderful talent. Great guy. I've known him for years. You're really going to enjoy that one, I promise. Um, and then that's about it here, guys. It's going to be a slow weekend. Uh, live events-wise, The I was looking at, you know, fight to see what pay-per-views were going on this weekend. There's no no New Japan, no Ring of Honor, no WWE, AEW still a ways off. The only pro wrestling show that Fight is promoting this weekend is ICW's Insane 8, which I will tell you, if you like Deathmatch Wrestling, uh, I used to do some shows with ICW, Dysfunction, the promoter there, wonderful, unique, uh, eclectic personality. Uh, that's going to be a, a crazy Deathmatch show this weekend. I just want to give them a little bit of a plug. Uh, but let's get to it here. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. Uh, we're starting off here with the big cliffhanger at the end of SmackDown. Daniel Bryan says he knows who attacked Roman Reigns. He says he's going to reveal it next week on SmackDown. Now, also in the world of Roman Reigns, Pro Wrestling Sheet revealing that Roman Reigns has signed a new multi-year WWE contract. He signed that back in July, apparently. And also on SmackDown last night, before he got that big tease, he took uh, took place in what I thought was probably one of the best matches uh, in Toronto from WWE of their four-day run there, and that was when he took on Buddy Murphy uh, last night. What do, what do you think of this uh, this tease in the match that Reigns had last night on SmackDown? Well, with the match, you said one of the best ones they had in Toronto. That's one of the best matches SmackDown's had all year. Agreed. Um, agreed. You know, just a great showing. Uh, you know, Buddy Murphy, you know, going to get me kicking out of a Superman punch for, for crying out loud. Uh, had some great offense. Rain sold his ass off for him. Um, you know, and anybody, if there is still anybody out there who, you know, Roman Reigns can't work, you know, you can get the F out of here after you see that match. Yeah. Um, 
I like the cliffhanger. You know, I'm 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 a big fan of uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of when they can always leave you want, you know something to look forward to for the following week. I, I mean, at this point though, it's going on now for a couple of weeks. You know, we had the obviously the the first of the of the scaffolding and everything falling over, and then we had the thing in Pittsburgh where he almost got hit by the car, and then and then they you know they they they're drawing this out. So at this point, they're you're kind of pot committed. If the reveal ends up being that yeah, it was Brian and Rowan, and they're just obviously just you know, lying and just trying to you know beat people up like Buddy Murphy to convince them to say that they're lying. I mean, that's going to be a letdown. So at this point, there has to be some, you know, bro, we need to swerve. And it doesn't have to be a ridiculous swerve, but there needs to be something to this. If it, if it ends up that it's just Brian and Rowan, uh, you know, that I feel that might come off a little flat. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'll throw this me. out. I'll throw this out there. And it's just it's just punditry. It's just, you know, punditine and, and trying to put together things. We didn't see the fiend last night on SmackDown, unless I missed it briefly or something, right? There was no fiend, no follow up to his SummerSlam debut. No, no, no fiend or Bray Wyatt Monday or Tuesday. That was wasn't that weird? It was super weird to me that they didn't do anything with him following up that like all the buzz he created in Toronto. I thought so too, and I was talking to Raj and Matt Morgan about this last night on the on the post SmackDown check out. Um, you know, I kind of thought so too that maybe that's a little odd, but but then after talking to them, I kind of can see the point of like you know there's so much great buzz and the YouTube numbers are doing great from his appearance from his match Sunday that maybe just kind of leaving the spontaneity of just real you know, riding that way for a week or two. And, you know, you know, him not being on Marauder Smackdown kind of like leaves that like really, truly like, you know, you make, make sure you catch every segment because you don't know when he's going to pop up. So I don't know, but I mean, I, are you suggesting the fiend is, is the person behind this? I mean, it definitely crossed my mind, right? He's murdered. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. I mean, obviously, Finn Balor was a good, you know, let's let's squash Finn Balor, get him off TV if he's going to take time off anyways. I mean, the fiend slash Bray Wyatt does need a high-profile opponent. It can't be to some ham and egger. So, I mean, Roman Reigns, obviously, if he's not going to be involved in the title match, that would be a high profile. Yes. Yeah, I, it, it crossed my mind, right? And, you know, look, Bray Wyatt or the fiend, whatever, SummerSlam, we did that neck snap thing. I looked at the guy next to me. I was watching the show with her. I was like, I hope no younger brothers are the victim of that here tonight from their older brothers. That was brutal there. I mean, when it comes to murderous individuals in WWE and in SmackDown right now, The Fiend is the one I think that most most fits that that profile. Well, and Brian, Brian and more so Rowan have a history with Bray Wyatt uh, in terms of uh... – I mean, I don't want—I don't really want to see another Wyatt family. That's the, that's my only thing about this. But uh, you know, if it's just a case of they just happen to know the, you know, Yowie Wowie, the fiends behind it. I mean, I guess. It, it, but yeah, that's what I mean. It needs to be something. If it, at this point we've drawn it out and we've played mind games and we've had Buddy Murphy say it's Rowan and then they say that he lied. I mean, like it has to be something other than just like Brian and Rowan can know, but it can't just be them. Otherwise, I think that's going to fall flat. It wasn't Rowan. It was me, Daniel Bryan. I got tired right. of you. You're you're you know. the big dog, and you you're taking your dumps on the SmackDown lawn, and you're not picking them up. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, he's fertilizing the ground. Uh, and then with Roman Reigns' big contract, yeah, I mean, like he's got a new contract. It's got to be. You figure we hear about these numbers that like you know guys like Ziggler might be getting, and you know that 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 Gallows and Anderson signed for, and Mike and Maria are getting. I mean, you know, Cena's not around all the time anymore. I mean, Roman is the biggest high-profile, full-time, working probably 300 shows a year when he's when he's when he's healthy. I mean, so he's got to probably have the biggest contract. I mean, we we just saw Braun Strowman announced last month that he signed like a five-year deal. So you got to imagine Roman has been locked up for at least a five-year deal, and it's got to be probably more money than anybody else, I would assume. Yeah, probably. And you know, that's the thing is like I, I was actually saying this last night when I was watching this uh, to my girlfriend. You know, they're getting a second bite of the apple here with Roman Reigns, right? Went away, came back, beloved again because of circumstances. 
I think that this is a they're keeping him out of the world title picture here. They're having him have competitive matches uh, or ha- have a. We'll see if they continue the trend here. It might be nice to have some more two five live guys in the ring with with Reigns. Um, but you know, had a great match here with Buddy Murphy. You know, I I, I was thinking back to um, a report I read, forget from who, but it was right after the Tessa Blanchard Sammy Callahan match, and they were talking about how they didn't have Tessa win the match because they don't want to. They know she's a big star, but they don't want to shove her down people's throats, kind of like WWE did with Roman Reigns, and risk having a backlash. I, I just I was watching this all play out, and I just thought from from beginning to end, such a great way to be treating Reigns right now, and I genuinely think. You know, uh, when he does get back into that main event title picture, I think there will be a hunger for it uh, because of, of the way they've been using him right now. There could be. I mean, they definitely have done. I think they have done well. I agree. They're not, uh, you know, he's not in a title picture. They're doing something rather than, a, you know, I mean, so much of his feuds were all the same. You know, he was, you know, he was the big dog. It says yard is the top guy. And that's what it was all around this. You know, I like the fact they have, again, as we talked about the, the who done here, I like the fact that we have a mystery going on. Um, yeah. I mean, when he does get back in the title picture, I mean, it, it ultimately it's going to depend on, who the, the the sitting champion is that he's that he's going after um you know i think in a lot of ways but uh, yeah i i think this has been uh this is, this has been a great second chance with roman reigns yeah uh well i'll throw the bray wyatt news in here since we were just talking about bray as well uh wwe put up put up yesterday some firefly funhouse uh box that you could buy it had like a shirt in it some gloves some stickers uh they made 500 of these boxes to go out it was 34.99 a piece the box itself Actually, you could like pop it up, and there was like some pop out characters from the Firefly Funhouse. You could basically do like a little, you get like a little diorama of the Firefly Funhouse in there. This thing, uh, all 500 boxes, $34.99 a piece. They sold out in less than three hours. They've already started popping up on eBay for upwards of $250. Um, the he- also in Bray News, the head lantern that he brought to the ring with Bray Wyatt's head, you know, eating the lantern. Uh, it got edited out uh, of the SummerSlam opening when it was released on YouTube. Not really sure why. Uh, the Observer reported that the head lantern is uh, not going away. In fact, it's supposed to be included in upcoming Mattel uh, The Fiend action figure releases. There's also uh, WWE is producing more lanterns uh, to be sold, I guess. So it doesn't look like it's going to be dropped. Really, I don't really know what happened there, why they edited the... The, the face out you think it's just maybe too disturbing the headlamp i'm not sure because they the 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 first youtube video they put up because i just I, the first video they put up it, it, it had the lantern in it because i actually the next the next morning um you know, i was just i was so i was like wow that was to me that was the best part of SummerSlam, which i thought it would be which was seeing the fiend um and i and youtube was just the easiest thing right there i didn't you know i, I wasn't in a spot to pull my network up uh, and it had the lantern. And then it was a few hours later that I saw people on social media talking. And then I went back and looked and realized they, they edited and put a new version of it. I, so I can only imagine that somebody commented something, or I don't know. I'm, I can only imagine that it, 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 it pissed off somebody. Um, but yeah, but then hearing all this, I mean, it sounds like, it, you know, it's part of the, the grand plan. Um, and to the, the, to the box thing, obviously a yeah, 500 is nothing. So no surprise that they sold out that quick. Uh, at 35 bucks and maybe that's a good um i mean it's, it's 500 people is a very small focus group in the grand scheme of the WWE universe but maybe okay. that's a good uh kind of taking the temperature of okay what kind of bray what kind of fiend bray wyatt funhouse you know merchandise will sell you know and maybe maybe by a whole lot of people missing out on 
not being part of the 500 that just got this, maybe that'll uh, drive sales up when they do release some, you know, some of this stuff individually uh, yeah. on its own on WWE Shop. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought I was like, this is a good sample, right? I bet we get a, a 5,000. I bet they have 5,000 of them waiting to sell next time, and we'll see how that one does. Um, but let's flip over here. Let's go back to Monday night. A couple of notes coming out of Raw uh, 24 hours after the fact. We have the viewership. Uh, good news for Raw. Drew an average of 2.729 million viewers. That is up 10.4%. From last week's uh, go-home episode before SummerSlam, uh, this is the best viewership since the Raw reunion, which really wasn't too that too long ago, 3.093. But the last regular episode to do better than last night's SmackDown was the post-WrestleMania 35 episode, which drew 2.923. Um, the first hour did 2.72, second 2.82, so up a little bit in the second hour, and then dropped uh, pretty sharply there down to 2.595, uh, about loss of you know 250 and change there. Uh, from hour two to three so good news here for for the raw ratings this week um I, I it was interesting to me because i thought smackdown may have been the better show uh just pure content wise but uh, you know raw was pretty good i thought that it was serviceable obviously some buzz coming out of SummerSlam here yeah smackdown was the better start to finish and, and also obviously it has the advantage of two hours versus three so start to finish smackdown i think uh held its own better but raw had there was far more I need to tune into Raw because it's the first thing after SummerSlam. I mean, you know, you're turning into Raw and you're like, okay, we have a new champion of Seth Rollins. What does that mean for Brock Lesnar? Obviously, you know, are we going to see The Fiend next after that incredible showing? Um, you know, Becky Lynch, you know, so like there was a lot more talking points and mystery, or not even mystery, but just, you know, just just things you 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 want to find out what the next step is with Raw. So that, that doesn't, I mean, doesn't surprise me that the, the viewership did well. And I mean, um, yeah, as a whole, again in the Paul Heyman era, they're they're doing a lot of things better. They're not they're not, you know, they're not stuffing two and three commercial breaks and matches uh, at an overkill. Um, you know, they're they're you know they're, they're tending to try to start more fast pace. They're tending they're tending to yeah. keep you know it's, they're just doing a lot of little things that I think are translating better. Yeah, so. and I th- I think the Sasha I think Sasha came back in the second hour there. I would maybe give her a little credit for that for that bump there because I don't think it was quite. Uh... I think it was like before the second hour was up, so I think a lot of people turned the channel when they uh, when they saw that on their social media feed. So you know, yeah, good stuff, good good job, good job WWE, Con- continuing that momentum. Uh, well, the Observer reporting here that the current plan is for Braun Strowman to face AJ Styles for the WWE Universal Championship at the upcoming Clash of Champions pay per view. Uh, no words on if there are plans to turn Braun heel or not, uh, which is interesting. We'll get to that in here in just a second. Um, but also in the world of Braun Strowman, AJ Styles has challenged Braun to a U.S. title match next week on Raw. Uh, of course, Braun came in to help uh, run off the club after they were beaten down on Seth at the end of Raw. Um, the challenge happened from AJ in a post-Raw video with Kathy Kelly. Braun has accepted the challenge. It is confirmed, um, and he will take on AJ Styles for the U.S. title. So, uh, I don't know. A uh, lot going on here, man. Uh, I was a little surprised. It is a little weird with all the, the fanfare that Seth is getting right now to throw him in with a with you know a, a baby you know a beloved character like Braun Strowman it seems like a little bit of a gamble to me Justin it is um you know especially when you know we've talked Seth's you know Seth's had a weird summer um so yes I mean for for Seth's first uh, opponent as champion again to be arguably the like I mean I guess other than Roman Reigns or at least at least on Raw arguably the the other the, the biggest other biggest baby face um and and Braun that is a bit of a gamble. Uh, I, I, but I, but at the same point, I don't, I don't encourage or want to see WWE turn Braun heel again. They tried that. They've, they've, they've tried that, um, and it just comes off as awkward. People want to cheer him. Yeah, yeah, he's a big sob, and big sobs, you know, 
traditionally aren't baby faces in pro wrestling, but people get behind him. They like him. You know, he's he's got kind of a humorous charm to his his screaming demands that he <laughs> he leans out. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I, I I question this to you for the weeks leading up to SummerSlam as to why we were having Brock versus Seth again, and, and much less would Seth even win again because it should be a repeat of, of Mania. Um, unless they feel, you know what, we're going to get the title to Braun. That's the bigger plan here. Seth's going to be a transition. And, you yeah. know, Braun can, Braun can beat a baby face in Seth. And if Seth gives him a handshake and gives him the nod of, hey, this guy's for real, maybe it helps solidify it versus Braun just beating a heel. I'm not sure. Okay. But this is, this, is a, this is an awkward positioning for sure when you look at it on paper. Yeah, dude, I thought the same thing. And I was like, wait, is the, that's so much hot potatoing of their top title. I I don't know if they think it would if it's uh, if it it makes things more surprising if you got the title bounce around a little bit which was not a great idea that happened during the attitude era in retrospect. Uh so I don't know if that's what they're doing here but uh, I don't know I mean like with Braun versus AJ too for the title I mean does Braun beat AJ is this a title versus title type gimmick? No with the, Bra- the the Braun versus AJ thing as soon as I saw that my immediate thought I'll book you that segment right now that match starts and goes for a very brief time Gallows and Anderson get in it's just a dog pack here comes Seth. Here comes uh, Ricochet, and we uh, now we have a six man tag. That that's that's how I think that's going down. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, just I don't know. I'm scratching my head. I, I gotta. I, I kind of want to believe this isn't the direction they're gonna go. Is Braun Seth? But very odd. Well, but but look at it. I mean, you know, uh, so many names are gonna be occupied in the King of the Ring, which we'll get sure. to in a second here. Sure. Um, you know, e- even name, even heels like Baron Corbin, who we haven't even seen uh, recently. Like, who who else is there? Who 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 on the heel side is there for Seth to to, to go against? I don't know for, about for the title? I don't know about on the heel side, but for my money, the number one contender walking out of SummerSlam was Goldberg. That man, like, well, you know, I mean, you know. <laughs> Mr. Dolph Ziggler was going to win. You seem to be the only one shocked of the, the performance. By I mean, I, no, I mean we're not doing Goldberg versus Seth Rollins. Uh, the the only other, the only other thing coming out of SummerSlam, and again we go back to just plugging them in everywhere, is the Fiend. But I don't know if uh, you know, I don't know if they want to be throwing them into a title right away because if they do, he has to win it. He can't just lose. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? Well, we'll we'll keep uh we'll keep uh put a tack in that one there. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, well, let's talk King of the Ring here. The Observer reporting. Uh, the King of the Ring finals are set to happen at Clash of the Champions. Uh, I talked a bit about this yesterday. Uh, who who you got here, Justin? Who do you think walks out as the king at the Clash? I mean, without having seen the brackets yet, so we don't know like who is even possible to be in the finals based upon like how the brackets set up. I mean, when I look at the list of names, I think if it's a heel, it's Drew McIntyre. If it's a face, it's Ricochet. Now, granted, both of those are raw guys, so I, you know, I don't know if the the plan is for the finals to hmm. be one raw guy, one SmackDown guy, or how that's going to happen, but. I mean, that's just that. That's who it screams to me is is, is either King Drew or, or King Ricochet. I don't know. For, see, that's interesting because on the heel side, I have Baron. On the babyface side, I have Ke- Kevin Owens, who did. Well, I joke. I, I, I joke too. As soon as I heard the announcement, uh, I think you did too. Like you know, this this you know, this just screams give it to Baron Corbin, so he has another gimmick, uh, you know, constable and everything else. But um, but I mean, you know, Drew. If Drew's not in the title picture, if if Drew's not challenging Seth Rollins, then uh, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of feel like this is a great opportunity for Drew to. Uh, to get anointed something drew seth rollins there you go yes i would appreciate i would enjoy that let's go that direction but you know what but take a step further let braun Strowman get solidified and take the title off seth let drew mcintyre win the king of the ring and let the king of the ring actually mean something and translate into being a number one contender and i'll buy braun Strowman as a as a committed babyface champion they 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 finally commit to him i'll buy him versus drew mcintyre they've they've had drew and braun interactions in the past let it mean something though i could buy that for the fall okay the real well the other reason i say corbin is like he's been off tv for so long and usually when you take somebody off 
because you want to have fans kind of forget about what was going on with them and then bring them back with some kind of new idea. Now, this screams uh, cooling off Baron Corbin here and bringing him back to start up a new idea. That's why I think King of the Ring, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely would put him on the on the upper half of the list. Again, behind Drew, behind Ricochet, I definitely would put, put, put Corbin up there in the top, you know, four or five options here out of those, out of 16. Uh, well, Brock Lesnar news here. The the Staples Center now advertising Brock for the SmackDown debut episode on Fox. It was noted that every major superstar in Raw, from Raw and SmackDown are going to be there to celebrate 20 years of the Blue Show and this big debut on Fox. Uh, you know, it seems like a, a gimme that Brock would be there, but good. Brock will be there. This is gonna be a big. This is gonna be a big deal. I'm getting excited now about October. Yeah, I mean, again, the only thing that can really stand it out is, I mean, you gotta get The Rock to show up. The Rock doesn't show up as often, but the, you know, SmackDown's a Rock show. They're in LA, which is you know now The Rock's town. Uh, you know, we just we you know we just had the Raw thing. I mean, like again, they they you know we talk about it. they bring so many of these guys out. They you know, yay, it's good to see the nostalgia, but you know, it rarely means anything for the following week. Um, so that's what we'll be interested to see here. This is gonna look great for the debut of Fox. It's gonna look great to for Fox to be advertising during football and during everything else that hey coming you know in october uh we you know we have WWE. we're gonna have all these great names that you might know from the past or present uh, but then okay what about the following week what do you got for me so i i just hope that whatever they do with all these names i hope that they can it can translate into something that means tune in next week yeah well i think this randy orton kofi kingston program has just been uh, such a wonderful lead into this randy's the right guy for this moment here and hopefully uh, Kofi, I would hope he overcomes Orton here and then uh, starts up whatever is going to be the next big thing. Maybe even a title change uh, come Fox, you know? Well, you said the next big thing. And I think the next big, I think the guy that was once labeled, labeled the next big thing will be your next champion on SmackDown. Do you think they do it on the debut? Uh, I think it's, that might be the whole tune in for next week is Brock Lesnar ends the show being champion potentially, you know, I don't, you know, if, if not then, then I think either very shortly before or very shortly after, I think, I think they're going to want to. I think they're going to hit that iron pretty quick uh, on the Fox. Well, Brock Lesnar, he doesn't get any shots at Seth Rollins anymore. So yeah, I he think, does not. Yeah. So, uh, Wrestling Observer reporting uh, a little backstage news here about the booking on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Samoa Joe briefly booked as a babyface on Raw against Sami Zayn because people were too concerned, or I guess management was too concerned that uh, in his home country of Canada, Sami Zayn would get a big pop. Reasonable. Uh, so the segment was booked. Uh, because Vince apparently thought Zane would get this pop. Uh, they didn't want that. WWE knew the fans would pop for Joe, and they didn't want to and, and wouldn't boo him in his first night as a babyface. So they booked Joe as a, a like a babyface to curb the Zane pop after the match. Joe went back to being heel. This seems confusing. I get why they did it. it seems a lot, a lot of work when you could have just not put Sami Zayn in this position. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, but by the way. <laughs> By the way, we see Sami Zayn. It's not like he was a, 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 a. We we must have him on this show. I mean, they, I mean, the guy. You know, it's not like he's doing anything. He's losing. So I, I yeah, it seems like they did a whole lot of overthinking yeah. in that situation. Uh, well, Becky Lynch uh, has responded to the chair shots she received from Sasha Banks. Uh, at least one of them that looked like it nicked her in the back of the head. Uh, with the following tweet to a fan: "Let the games begin." Hashtag receipts are coming. This is gonna be great. These two, I'm sure, are gonna be wonderful together. And what? And what makes this even better? Uh, I said this before, with like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and in, in, in recent years, and, and there's several other guys you can uh, uh, look at this for, is the fact that Sasha and Becky are are you know friends. They you know they are part of the four horsemen. They are they did come up together uh, in some regard. So it you know and you know this Nick in pro wrestling when you have two talents who are actually you know they have to obviously they have to respect each other, but when they actually are good friends outside. 
they they go 110 percent. they go a little extra because there's a, there's an unspoken trust there that like you know whether it's a stiff shot whether it's a whatever there's just there's kind of like a trust there so it, you know friends t- friend the best of friends outside the ring tend to just do a little bit better in the ring because there's chemistry there's trust and so i, I don't uh, i don't doubt that we're not going to get it i don't doubt that this is going to be the same thing here and uh uh, performance center news here. Squared Circle Sirens reporting WWE has signed Santana Garrett. Now, there's no word when she's going to start at the Performance Center, but it's expected that she'll be part of the NXT roster when she does. Uh, she could be part of the September Performance Center class, which uh, King Cuerno is also rumored for. So great, great addition here. Santana Garrett uh, does phenomenal work. She'll be wonderful. Good, good, good yeah. hire. Yeah, and 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 a, and a veteran in some regards. She's been around for quite a while. She uh, has, yeah. Started, started, started pretty young, I believe. So uh, good for her. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, here's some AEW news. It's been announced that John Moxley is going to take on Sean Spears on the second AEW on TNT episode. Um, cool, uh, great, wonderful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is good. Obviously, there's all the hype and all the need to like tune into the first week, but uh, again, you know, what's what's in week two? So it's nice that they're kind of slowly rolling out, like giving you things to look forward to, both for uh, TV viewership and for ticket sales. Uh, Sean Spears was actually just here in Pittsburgh this past weekend. We had him in here for IWC wrestling. Uh, looked great in phenomenal shape. Uh, his opponent told me uh, after the match, he's never been in the ring with somebody so smooth. So, uh, good for Sean Spears. And I, and again, I like this is smart for AEW. And also, you know, this Friday tickets go on sale for the SmackDown in LA on Fox. I believe this Friday is when tickets go on sale in Boston for, for that big AEW show. So Friday uh, will be a, a ticket heavy day. Oh man. What if, what if AEW sells out and WWE doesn't? Mm, well, uh, I'm sure I'm sure the headline will be out there if it happens. <laughs> My guest at this time is a former WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He is a WWE Hall of Famer. He is a hardcore icon. It is Mick Foley. Mick, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Thank you. If you saw me <laughs> silently burping, it's you saw I just scarfed down a double burger. I know. I am, I was almost going to take video of you just eating the burger. Because I think people would weirdly like that. I don't know why, you know? You don't get much of a chance to really enjoy it at, uh, at one of these things. I just finished a show. I uh, had a lot of fun, and they had a burger waiting, and I like, just I kept it over there. Uh, I was like, it was calling out to me. Yeah, and I finally like rearranged so that I, uh, <laughs> I had to... <laughs> I don't know. It's probably more information you need. No, no. This is this is exactly what people want right now. This is a good this is a good opener for the uh, the interview. Uh, now I've seen you do your ten years. Uh, was it the ten years of hell? Twenty years. Twenty years of hell tour. That's right. That was the last time I saw. This was a very different show yeah. because it was less hell in a cell base. It was more free form. What what is the difference between this show and the shows you're doing with the twenty years of hell tour? Well, the twenty years had one main subject. You know, it was uh, really an in depth look at one historic night. And it was also a show that I'd worked on diligently. And this was one, this is go, this is, this is calling it in the ring tonight as opposed to, uh, you know, working on stuff. So what I did, knowing there was the potential for great failure, or at least for underperforming, I decided to overperform at the table with the three faces of Foley, mm. three signatures. So oh. therefore, even if I didn't come up big, uh, I would come up big and send people home with a smile. I will say that uh, my favorite part of the show tonight was you channeling mankind and like actually becoming mankind in front of the crowd. How is that for you going back to that character, re- reliving it like that? Uh, you know what? That's a fun story for me to tell. I made. I haven't. That's not on uh, video anywhere. And I started doing that when I had a tough crowd. Like uh, the tour we did in uh, all across Canada went really well. The one exception was a show in Timmins that was very under, 
<laughs> on your attendant. And I need something to, to jolt me into the moment. And when I do that voice, when I get into that character, I mean, I can look out at the crowd and I can read their faces and their faces are, and I'll verify it later. Like, they can't believe like I'm bringing my A game for the small crowd. And the next time I specifically remember doing it for the same reason was when I had a show done in conjunction with a comic convention where Kane and I had only been booked the day before. Okay. So there's no one who even knows that we're at the convention, let alone that I'm doing a show. Yeah. So uh, Mayor Jacobs agreed to be my special guest, you know, for the Q&A. And he was like, how many people do you think will be there? I was like, Glenn, there might be 500, there might be 10. We're going to try to give them the best show we could. Open up the door a lot closer to 10 than it was 500. Not only that, it was the exact opposite of what you're looking for from a showroom. You want low ceilings, you know, uh, dark, fairly dark lighting. You want people fanned out around the stage. And this was bright lights, huge, you know, 500 seat uh, ballroom and tables scattered throughout. And I just thought, oh, this is good because all of the shows had gone so well that I didn't have any bad experiences to talk about. Yeah. And the bad experiences make for good stories. Oh, 100%. So it's like once in a while you actually hope for a bad night just so you have something to talk about. Well, hey, you know, I brought up Mankind there and how much I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed what I thought was kind of a little bit of a passing of the torch at the Raw reunion with your bit with Bray Wyatt. How much of what he's doing right now with The Fiend kind of reminds you of the work you did uh, with Mankind? Well, I think, uh, you know, it's... It's nice to look at the show and see, you know, your fingerprints here and there. Whereas, te you know, 10 years ago when I left, there were a lot of people who had uh, grown up idolizing Rick and, and Sean and, and Brett. And you could see that in the work. And so now you have guys like Bray who told me, you know, years ago, look, I'm doing something in a, in a rocking chair. Because he had gotten the rocking chair from an interview I did uh, for Randy Orton. And uh, you see it a little bit like in Aleister Black with the rocking and like Sue Young and Rosemary, you know. Yeah. And I love it. You know, I, um, uh, the, uh, Sammy Callahan doing the Cactus Driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, man, I, I, I feel for Bray because, uh, you know, you want a finishing move you can do to anyone at any time. And uh, the Mandible Claw, especially going back to the roots of it where it was a pretty terrifying maneuver yeah, is yeah. – uh, something that is all his now so you've you've officially like did he have to ask permission for you did you have that moment did you have that conversation backstage with bray wyatt uh i people can read between the lines but even even in his tweet and he generally tweets in character yeah. you know and he said i'm sorry but thank you like uh, i certainly took that as a nod of appreciation and i like that uh, you know, you uh, teased that you were coming for the 24-7 championship. You didn't quite get to pull it off that night. Is that still something? Do you want to bring that title back to Mick Foley here sooner than later? Oh, yeah. I'd, yeah, because I've been working on my schoolboy roll-ups. I mean, I have a, I'd have like to air like a training video of me just working on that one move. Uh, look, you know, I mentioned in this show that what didn't work for the – revealing of the 24-7 title was that it was a bait and switch where people didn't uh, care for the switch, you know. We, they thought it was going to be the hardcore title. It wasn't. In the case of uh, the Raw reunion, I thought it was a <laughs> I thought the switch was even better than the bait, you know. Like, yeah. it was uh, it tried to build it up to be as much fun as it could be, and then the you know, the rug got pulled out from underneath me. So, yeah. no, 
Uh, I, I want to ask you as well. Uh, I do commentary for Warrior Wrestling in Chicago. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? I'm afraid I do. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Now, you have a, a particular hardcore challenge that you've accepted. Let's make it clear. It's a challenge. It's not a match. Right. I cannot. I cannot go from my last match being with Ric Flair to Frank the Clown, which is why I made it clear in no way, shape, or form is this going to be a match. Uh, so Frank is cutting promo after promo. I did a 15-second promo because I didn't think Frank deserved anything more than that. And I think he got the point across. So I hope it's fun, but that's, like, not my, that's not my like, goal necessarily, okay. you know. Not necessarily to make it a fun experience for Frank. Yeah, so you're gonna, so like you, you're gonna decimate this man, right? You're gonna, you're gonna give internet wrestling fans, I guess, what they want, which is to completely destroy Frank the Clown. I'd hope. Yes. What I want, more importantly, is no clown babies, and I'll do my best with whatever I have to use to make sure that his testicles are tormented. Well, Mick, I want to thank you so much for taking some time backstage here at your show. Uh, I always enjoy you uh, talking with you. I enjoy watching your set. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview today? You had a huge beard the last time I saw you, right? I did. And, you know, I look back on those photos and I like your beard is cool. You're iconic with your beard and everything. But I looked like homeless, man. And like my girlfriend really did not like the beard look. Do you do you think I should bring it back? She doesn't like it. She does not like it with her. Oh, yeah. I think you need to show her who wears the pants in this relationship. Dude, she's out of my league. You know, you married like a supermodel. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Don't grow the beard back under any <laughs> circumstances. She's way too hot for me. Uh, I would never actually in my real life suggest that anyone show who wears the pants in a relationship. That's ridiculous. Or the sweatpants. I mean, that's like your style, right? Yeah. 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 What do you think about all the wrestlers real fast? With the, you, you wear the fanny pack. The fanny packs are making a comeback. You. They are. Uh, I see a, a friend of mine here. He's wearing it much like Seth Rollins did when he and the man took me out to the movies. Oh, yeah. And Seth was wearing And I love the fact that you, that's detailed on the 24, on the uh, WWE Network. They yes. did their day of, and you can see the man. I didn't even know we were being filmed. Yeah. And she asked me if I wanted to, uh, you know, Becky and I don't get to see Becky, and she's a really good friend. Uh, I'm so flattered she still brings up my name in interviews as someone who was an influence on her. And so uh, they were going to be at the same convention, and she asked me if I wanted to see The Lion King with them. And it was on video. It's like, yeah, it was great. Uh, so, yes, Seth was wearing the fanny pack over the shoulder. Mm -hmm. The only reason I'm not uh, wearing mine currently is because it's a sad day when you have to extend the waistline because you haven't kept up with your DDP yoga, which sure. I have not. And so I would rather just leave it and then wait and uh, put it on a few days or a week from now uh, when I have slimmed down sufficiently. Okay, this reminded me, actually, I have one thing that, and, and this is on behalf of my girlfriend, I have to ask you about. You brought us together. Like, she does, she, she's not, like, watching wrestling all the time, but she does watch some wrestling-related content. Okay. You brought us together to watch an episode of Say Yes to the Dress. Wow. Which I would not have typically watched. Right, yeah. She loves that show. So you brought some harmony to our relationship. Right. What was that like for you, being on Say Yes to the Dress and helping Kid Cadet choose that dress? It was, it was a lot of fun. You know, I've been around a while. So I know when I'm invited to help someone pick out, make the most important fashion decision of their life, and being without any fashion sense, like I, I know that, it, you know, it's, it's a nice... It's a nice contrast and I'd never seen the show but once I saw Randy 
I was like, oh yeah, I know how to work with Randy. And uh, I didn't, I didn't specifically, I didn't say, hey, you wanna know what's in my fanny pack? Yeah. They asked me about Mr. Sacco, right. and I happened to have had him, and I did just happen to have a pair of spare underwear so that when they asked me, again, it just happened to be there. That's why I tell the best advice I ever gave Becky Lynch was be patient, be ready, you know, be prepared. So certainly I was hoping they would ask. Yeah. And then when I pulled out the underwear, you know, like, and they said, you have underwear? It's like a three-day trip. I'm packing light. And then we got that little, what we say in comedy is a callback yeah. because when Heather was all teary-eyed after finding the perfect dress, you see me easing that pair of underwear out like, <laughs> like you know the modern day handkerchief and also when uh then uh when uh, you know it was clear that she'd found the dress of her dreams and i was like only one more thing and i went to take off the fanny bag and put it on her and uh, randy shot me that look and said you better not so <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun that when i did the wedding ceremony yeah. surprisingly a good job i think for my first time and uh the showrunner goes you don't have the fanny bag and i said well, it's in the car. I wasn't planning on wearing it to, you know, marry this couple. And uh, I was like, why do you, do you think I should get it? She goes, I think people want to see the pack. So it's become its own character now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had to ask. I mean, I asked you about it. It led yeah. to this conversation. You know, it's so iconic as part of your shtick, you know, right? So. My shtick? My shtick? Yeah. Is that, is that an okay term to use? Gim I, I was going to say gimmick, but yeah. you told on stage, you were like, on stage, you were like, don't talk. Like, you uh, yeah. pretend well, like you understand the business. Okay. okay. Shtick would be if I was doing a set in the Catskills, you know? Too <laughs> <laughs> much time with Bill after. Did you know Bill played the Catskills? <laughs> I know Bill. It's like... <laughs> Sorry, I had to force in my. I, I had to Bill, force my. Bill videoed my wedding. Did you know that? I did know that, and you are like really good. You made a video for his son or something like that, right? Yeah, and Bill does an amazing Cookie Monster. Oh, that's right. So when my kids are having trouble sleeping, I would call Bill sometimes in the wee hours in the morning. Bill, can you do a little Cookie Monster for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cookie yeah. Monster. Yes. No, I'm familiar with it. I used to co-host Bill's podcast. Uh, there, we have a clip. Where there's like a voice in the ether, there's like a, a I think it, we think a dead wrestler tried to come in on the podcast one really? time. Yeah, For real? yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. As a shoot, we told you not to do all that stuff, right? No, I was trying to be on my bed. No, no, it's like a haunted audio clip with Bill. Yeah, I'm gonna bring up this is an exclusive for you guys, okay? okay. Uh, starting with the show I do at Starcast, I believe Bill wanted me, like he asked me about a favorite opponent, and then I. Uh, said Terry Funk, and then he was like, okay, give me a promo against Terry Funk. And I just said, ah, oh, Bill, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, I can't switch in and out of characters like I used to, with the exception, you know, the mankind thing. Um, but I'm going to, in the vein of, like, fantasy football and fantasy wrestling, I'm like, I'm going to do a fantasy promo. I'm going to think of fantasy promos to go, like, what would I say if I were to face current wrestlers of the day, okay. what kind of promo would I go with? Okay. And that's something that I won't just like pull out, you know, maybe when I get into the groove, I'll be good enough to where I can just pull it out of my hat or, you know, where uh, there's a child here, so I won't pull it out of anywhere else. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I'm gonna work on this and I'm gonna work on it and try to make it the best promo. I never used to write my promos, you know, yeah. back in the day, but it's a different day, different age, and uh, I don't have the, uh, uh, I'm a little rusty, so I'm going to work on a promo and break it out for the StarCast people. Okay, cool. Yeah, you, know, Brian, you bring up StarCast real fast. I know I, I got to run. 
to go do the takeover thing, and yeah. you got you got to finish your food and all this stuff. But you brought up Starcast. You know, what do you think of AEW? What do you think of them entering the marketplace? Yeah, I mean, they're coming across in a strong way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's you know, I think it's more impressive that I sold 200 tickets in three months. But if they want to brag about selling 12,000 in two hours, good. Yeah, good for you guys. Good for you. Yeah. Mick, thank you so much for the time. You're wonderful. Check them out. Anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up? Uh, what am I, DDP? <laughs> I might as well plug DDP yoga. Bang, since I'm going to start doing it again. I got to drop some LBs. My guest at this time is the current reigning, defending, ring of honor, world heavyweight champion. I feel that in my loins. It feels so good. It is Matt Taven, Matt. I'm Matt Taven. I didn't say that I was Matt Taven. I know, but you said it is Matt Taven. It's, you can do he's Matt Taven. I'll accept that. Okay. Um, but I'm Matt Taven. Okay, well, let me try it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At this time, yes. it is my pleasure to welcome to this interview the current reigning, defending, ring of honor, world heavyweight champion. He is Matt Taven. It's a pleasure to, to uh, speak with you again, Nick. Thanks, Matt. I mean, how's it been going? It's been pretty good. You know, I really miss our time together, calling arm wrestling. Arm wrestling, you yeah. know, making dick jokes, calling arm wrestling, mm -hmm. back to the jokes, a little more wrestling with the arms, jokes, 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 arm wrestling. <laughs> Wonderful. You laid out this like a wrestling match. Yeah, if you, if you, if you, if you weren't there, that's, you, you just got it. You it just was, got it, the highlights. It was that plus me going, Oh, yeah, the rest he took off all of his clothes, you know what I mean? That's, that was, I don't know how I didn't remember that. That was kind of the, the best part of the evening. It was sexy, man. It's, and that's what I'm all about, being sexual. All right, well, uh, tonight is sexual, McTaven. Uh, you're taking gotta on... Be a little more serious tonight. It got to be turned down the sexualness, just be McTaven. Okay, uh, you are taking on Alex Shelley, a legend yeah. here in Ring of Honor. What's it mean to you to be in the main event here with Alex? Man, Alex Shelley's one of those guys that, like, when I was getting into wrestling, I was watching Alex Shelley all the time. And, you know, I, he's one of those guys that, like, is someone that I really kind of modeled my career after because I thought, like, that was the way to do things. Uh, you know, going to Mexico, going to Japan, learning all these different styles. And, like, I honestly, personally, to me, I don't think Alex Shelley gets enough credit. Like, I think that people kind of sleep on the legacy that he leaves behind, especially, like, him and Saban against Generation Me is literally what we are seeing in wrestling today. You know what I mean? They were doing that a decade ago. Um, so, uh, to me, uh, being a, a giant wrestling fan, this is, like, a big proving, um, proving ground night. Uh, since we're here in Ring of Honor, might as well stick to the terms. Sure. Uh, but it's a big, you know, a big night to, to really prove myself against a guy that I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for. Yeah, and you know, it's 100 plus days now you've had your world title reign, correct? Yes, 125. Uh, not that I'm counting. Uh, sure, of course not. Why would you? Uh, how, how has it been, man? What's this ride been like for you? Stressful. Yeah. I've had, so, I've had more title defenses than I think anyone in history in 125 uh, days. But, uh, man, you, you know, you work so long to get to Madison Square Garden. It happens. It's a giant event. Your friends, your family's there. And then a week later, you're, like, right back to defending the belt. It's like... You get no time to sit and, and enjoy the fruits of your labor. But, I mean, this is what I've wanted. You know, this is the, the position that I've wanted. So as much as I, I jokingly say, you know, it's, it's been stressful, this is 
where I've always pictured myself. And, you know, being a wrestling fan since I was a little six-year-old boy, I've wanted to be the world champion, and here I am living that dream. Now about to defend it in Toronto against a guy that I used to watch. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, besides the grunting that's going on. Maybe they're getting sexual. Yeah, I was about to say, what's going on over there? I don't know. It sounds very, very uh, intense, to okay. say the least. Weird back here. <laughs> it's getting weird. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of getting weird, I wanted to ask you. You know, uh, guys, when they they win the title, you know, CM Punk, he took his title, he put it in his refrigerator. Like, have you done anything unique with the title? Like, have you treated it Stanley Cup style? Well, like, I like to, you know, display it in my office at home. So, like, I, I don't like to keep it in my gear bag. I like to put it up, let it get some fresh air, you know what I mean? Um, there, there was a time, especially when I first won it, that it was just kind of with me everywhere. You know, if anyone mentioned it, I'd be like, huh, you mean this world title that I just happen to have right here? Yeah. Uh, so... It definitely has its benefits. When I threw out the first pitch for the Red Sox, I actually wore it, which not, you know, if you go, go and look at a lot of first pitches. No one's wearing the belt while they do it because your hip rotation's all off. Through a perfect strike while wearing the Ring of Honor World. I mean, that alone should just put me down in the history books as the greatest champ yeah. ever well, of anything. What was that like getting to throw out that pitch? Like, that's kind of like a, a dream moment for you. know you've made it when you're doing the first pitch of an MLB game. And not just, like, Fenway Park is, like, I grew up in New England. Obviously, people know this. I'm from the Boston area. Like, Fenway Park is, is holy ground to most people. Uh, and within a matter of months, like, you headline MSG and win the world title, and then you throw out the first pitch at, at Fenway Park while wearing the world title. It's like, man, I'm doing a lot of cool things. But um, it really is just very stressful because no one wants you to throw a first pitch well. You know, everyone, when you walk out to the mound, you can see all the fans like, ooh, slip and fall on the mound. Throw this, at the, throw this in the dirt. Let's all laugh at you. And when that ball went over the plate and it was a beautiful pitch, the relief, the joy that finally came to me then was like, oh, God, this is, now I can enjoy this moment. So uh, it was very, uh, and like all day your friends are texting you like, you got to get on SportsCenter somehow. You got to chuck it into the, into the crowd. I'm like, I want to be invited back. Like, the people at Fenway were fantastic, and, and you know, they, they've been very gracious, and if I want to go to a game, they've left the you know, door open to just give them a call. I didn't want to be like, yeah, you're banned for life from Fenway Park, like a place that I've been going to since I was a little kid. So um, I ignored all those terrible suggestions and uh, came home with a nice strike right down the plate. I want to ask you lastly here, Matt. You are the standard bearer right now for Ring of Honor. You're on top of the mountain, right? There the are people, world. there are critics of Ring of Honor right now at this phase. What do you want to say to people right now that are sleeping on Ring of Honor and the product you guys are putting out? I mean, it's not a secret. This is a transitional period of, of Ring of Honor, but the best wrestling on the, in the planet or on the planet, the moniker that Ring of Honor's had for years, has never changed. Whether guys have come and gone, like when I first started, you know, Tyler Black is on the way out the door, and then you, leave, you lose such great guys down the way, from AJ Styles to Roddy's to the Coles to the, all these guys time after time. But what does Ring of Honor always do? They always recover, and they always end up bringing that best wrestling in the world product to the fans. And just look at the moves they've made with, like, Bandito. Rouge, Tracy Williams, Mark Haskins. You know, I mean, we just signed, um, God, the kid from, from England, Joe uh, Henry. There it is. Thank you. Um, 
like these are all like unbelievable talents and now you have fresh matches that you have never seen before in ring of honor if you're sleeping on ring of honor you're just obviously one of those people that uh you know likes to not make an opinion for himself just probably go with the flow and be like yeah that's what we're doing have some balls actually do something for yourself one time go to a ring of honor show watch the the ring of honor shows and i'm going to tell you you're going to look really really stupid for sleeping on Ring of Honor. Would you say that the people that aren't working, watching Ring of Honor right now, there would be, uh, I'm trying to think uh, of... Uh, 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 Nizzard and M. Nizzard uh, and M. Ends in... Ends. Would you say that they're uh, a Melvin? Oh, I was going to go with assholes. Oh, no, no, Melvin's fine. Melvin's oh, fine. Okay. Melvin works, yeah. Okay. Melvin by, works. by the way, my grandpa's name was Melvin? Was it really? You know, it's funny because ever since I started the Melvin thing, I get so many people that are like, my name's Melvin, what the... F- I'm like, I'm sorry I ruined your name, but that's just, that's going to be how it is forever from now on. So, okay. sorry, Melvins. Yeah, all right. <laughs> not, I'm not sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. All right. Well, uh, Matt, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview backstage? Well, if you're not a Melvin and know how to spell Matt Taven, that's T-E. It's not it. <laughs> T-A-V-E-N. Um, because most people put an R in it, like it's tavern, which is like, grow up, you know? Um, T-A-V-E-N. You can find me anywhere, but, you know, Find me, find Ring of Honor. It's easy to find. There's a Google machine that people know how to use. You know, you got those phones in your hands. Stop, you know, staring at that that girl that'll never talk to you's IG and actually go to Ring of Honor. Uh, ROH Wrestle. What? I'm, so, I'm talking harsh. I'm talking to the Melvins oh. right now. You know what I mean? I'm trying to bring them back. Because um, those those guys that complain on Twitter, they're not. No, no. Those girls are DMing me, not you. Um, but. Don't waste your time trying to DM someone that's never going to DM you back. Go to ROHWrestling.com. Check out the product. We're kicking ass and taking names, you know? And we're about to do it again right here in Toronto. I'll leave you to it. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. Always a pleasure. My pleasure, buddy. Hold on. Yeah! There it is. My guests at this time are two very uh, large men. Uh, it is the bouncers, Brian and uh, Bruiser. Hi, thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Thank you. Uh, I'm not drinking beer, ironically. I'm drinking Canadian coffee. Oh, is it good? It's coffee. Oh, okay, cool. All right, and Bruiser, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm about six in, so. Okay. Yeah, getting ready. Do you ever worry about drinking too much before you wrestle? Doing what? Drink, drinking, like, maybe to the point of getting intoxicated? Do you ever ask a bodybuilder if he drinks too much pre-workout? No, you don't. Oh. So why ask me that? It's my pre-workout. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering, you know. Oh. Uh, hey, I also I got some heat on Twitter because I was talking about uh, tobacco use in pro wrestling. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you chomp on cigars, right? You have, like, your own cigar line. my own cigar line, yeah. Martinez Cigars, Beer City Bruiser Cigar Line. They're amazing. Yeah. Top of the line. Go to the website. Get them. Okay. Does that ever affect your cardio? Putting yeah. Look at me. <laughs> just wondering. Monster in the ring. <laughs> just, I was just wondering. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, Brian, uh, tell me, how did how did you and how did you and the the Bruiser here? How did you guys come to be a tag team? Well, I think the funny thing is, people saw us fight each other and said, "Hey, those guys make a hell of a team." And uh, you know, we became pretty fast friends. I think we're both like-minded individuals, and we like to drink a lot. Yeah. So. Uh, the best yeah. Thing about it was after we fought each other, we went to the bar. Oh. To ice our wounds with ice cold beer. Oh yeah, I, we've had some drinks over the years. Oh, we've had plenty of drinks. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you got, you said that uh, you know during the show you might come over and drink with the fans, right? Oh yeah, we're planning on it. Yeah, we're gonna do. Uh, we like to do a toast of honor, and since this is the big supercard summer meltdown, whatever, we're summer gonna supercard. Summer supercard. 
Okay, We're definitely going to be drinking with the people in Toronto. It's his first time. So. You've never been here. I've never been to Toronto before, so pretty excited to, uh, to finally, finally make it. Now, you guys had a very interesting moment, uh, uh, the MSG New York weekend with Ring of Honor, Festival of Honor, yes. I'm thinking about, because you guys, uh, you lost a beer cup challenge? He lost. Oh. Uh, beer pong. Oh, beer pong. Okay. So, yeah, so, Brian, this is your fault. I'll put it on you. Uh, what was your experience like having to dress up like the boys and, like, pamper Dalton Castle on stage? Yeah, it felt right almost. You know, it felt – oh, you didn't like it? I No, man. Like, the reason I did it is because, you know, you lose a bet. You, you get a man up and – do what you lost, mm -hmm. and we lost. So we had to dress up. I didn't know you enjoyed it. I, did. I mean, Dalton Castle's a handsome man, like you know. But hey, you know, I, not something I'd want to do all the time. But you know, that's where I was going with this. Is like I was talking with Dalton earlier, and like he said, the boys got shipped back to Boy Island or wherever that is. I don't really know what that is. Like, I mean, you seem to enjoy it more than Bruiser. I mean, would you be down to like maybe you know second and third him in that in that role now? You know, I, I don't know. He's a little embroiled with uh, Roosh and. We kind of like Roosh, so. Yeah, we like Roosh a lot. He drinks a lot of cervezas with us. And, okay. and we're, you know, I need you for the kingdom thing, man. We're dealing with the kingdom right now. All right. I won't go to Boy Island then. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, uh, Matt, I want to ask you now, I've known you for a long time now. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was one of your mentors or trainers Harley Race? Is that correct? That's absolutely right. I uh, trained at the Harley Race Wrestling Academy. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and he, uh, I was there every day. Like, the whole, I was there for six years and almost every day in his office, so. Talk, talk to me a little bit about like your memories of Harley. Obviously, right now, the wrestling world is, is dealing with that loss, and I'd just like to hear from you. You know, what were what was your time like with Harley? Harley was uh, amazing. He was a mentor to all of us. He was uh, sometimes a father figure to us. Um, there was a time when I couldn't afford my electric bill. He paid it for me. Really? He never asked for anything in return. You know, he's, he, he understood what it was to be one of the boys, and, and he'd go out, and he was a gracious man. Um, I remember going out drinking with Harley and, 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 you know, trying to buy the beers and stuff, and he'd be, oh, kid, I'm, I'll take care of it. And he'd make sure that we never had to spend money or anything like that. Like, he took care of us, you know. And, and when you hear the obituaries and stuff mentioned as wrestling kids, that's what he used to call us. We were like his kids to him. And, and, and he, he, like I said, he was a father figure, a mentor, and, and a legend. He'll live on forever. That's hot. Dude, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. That's something I'd actually been looking forward to asking you about on camera because I knew you guys were very close. Uh, yeah, I got a million Harley stories. I mean, Harley was, was the best. I mean, uh, Do you want to share, like, one? I mean, I don't know. Are you interested in this? Yeah, Do you want to hear? Yeah, I was about, I was about, we're both sitting here like, I don't know, like, what's, what's a Harley race story you want to share with us? Uh, there was one time where um, we were at a bar in Eldon, and uh, Terry Funk was in town. And uh, so we were drinking... In Missouri, they don't sell Sir Miller Lights, so I was drinking Coors Lakes, Terry Funk was. And Harley and us were, three of us were kind of getting tipsy, so BJ, Harley's widow, had uh, him and Terry Funk's wife, they'd left. Okay. So Harley goes, well, now we can turn it up. So we were starting to get really drunk. Well, then Harley pulls the darts for the dartboard and sets them on our table and challenges Terry, because they had like an upper deck, to see who could hit the most people with the darts. <laughs> so the three of us just started throwing darts at the people up on top, and anytime it hit somebody, we just start talking again. And, and it was just an amazing time. <laughs> I, guess, I remember that, I always remember, and, and I remember drinking Coors Light the whole, from that moment on until I left Missouri until a good year after I got into Wisconsin. Just wow. that memory. 
Dude, that's awesome. That's also terrifying. That that's, that's like I always like I hear like pro wrestling ribs and stuff, and it's like that's not a rib. You're just all very mean people, like doing terrible things to one another. Well, the best is when people would look and see it's Harley. They don't care because you know that was Harley. He was such a good guy. They'd laugh it off, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, we're throwing darts at people, and they're laughing about it. Yeah, he's dumb. Brian, hey, do you have any good rib? Any good ribs or crazy road stories here? You Oh, okay, yeah. You you and Triple H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of us. Uh, <laughs> Those are the only two. Uh, <laughs> our careers, you know, slightly varying degrees of success, you know. You'd look good on a bike, like as a motorcycle rider, you I know? I think so. I need, like, the, what's the type of hat he used to wear back in the Attitude Era? Maybe I'll start wearing one of those, you know? The Kanga, right, or whatever? They yeah, whatever it is, I don't know, kind of looks stupid, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny, I've only ever been to Canada one other time, and it was with Kowalski. Okay. It was Kowalski, um, his wife, and then the other, the fourth was Ivar, who I know, you know, Hanson of, uh, of War Machine, and Ivar, who is now Ivar of the, of the War Raiders, or the Viking Raiders, excuse me. But, uh, yeah, the four, the four of us drove up to, uh, to this show, and... Uh, <laughs> the promoter kind of, you know, lost his lost his shirt on the show. Mysteriously, the cash box disappeared, and uh, yeah, so not many people got paid. Uh, PCO was actually it was the first time I ever met PCO was was on this show, and uh, I was on um, I was on a show with PCO about a year ago, Chikara, and and that was my end to open up a conversation <laughs> with PCO of like, hey, do you remember this show? Yeah, we met there, so. But yeah, that was my only other trip. So hopefully, uh, I think you're gonna get paid tonight. Yeah, ho- hopefully the ca- hopefully the cash box doesn't get lost tonight, like the last time I was here. Well, if the if the the cash box does go missing, I mean, I think I know two big guys that might oh, be able to <laughs> track it down. Right? Well, we'll find it definitely. Oh god, yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'll you know wrap it up here. Let's talk about what you guys are doing in Ring of Honor right now. You know, like you said, you're feuding with the the kingdom. We're trying to stave them off, I should say, at the moment. You know, we're, what are your guys' goals here uh, at the moment? I'll start with you, Bruiser. Definitely tag team gold. Um, We've wrestled the Briscoes now. Um, we were in Lowell, Massachusetts, and had a hell of a match with them for the tag team titles. Um, that's definitely number one on our, our, our list. Like, the Kingdom, they're mad because we like to have fun and drink, and you know, but wrestling's fun. But they found out, or going to find out the hard way that, you know, you hit us with chairs and you put a cigar out of my chest, it kind of pisses us off. Yeah, that's, that's this really yeah. shitty thing to do, I'll just say that. Yeah, and you don't want to piss off a drunk guy. I mean, you know, you're at a bar, you see people drinking, it's like, oh, that guy I'm not going to make mad. We're those guys, and they kind of made us mad. Yeah. So once we finish with them, definitely tag team gold is... You concur? You concur? Yeah, I think obviously you know we want to be the world tag team champions, but I think I think on a you know I think on a larger scale, it's it's to change perception of uh, you know we don't look like the type of guys that have traditionally uh, done big things in Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? It, this has been a company where uh, I mean just look at the names that have come through, but there's not hasn't been too many guys that that are our size, our build, or or that can move like us. So I think for us to um, just to leave a mark on this company and to uh, when you look at you know the the measuring stick is the is the briscoes and um you know I, i'm not gonna say i want to be the 11 time tag team champions because that means we gotta lose them 10 <laughs> times to get there but uh you know when when it's all said and done for the bouncers you know you know way down the line i'd like to be remembered as you know one of the greatest tag teams that ring of honor has ever seen that's true you guys really did break the mold it's like it's usually a, a very uh, athletic trim man <laughs> right that's running the show here and like i'm i'm six feet 
200 pounds and look at me right now in the screen, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap it up? Uh, go to ROHwrestling.com, the shop. Click on the bouncers tab. You can buy our cool shirts. I have my new cool shirt, the Beer City Bruiser, I Can't Bite. I Ain't Got No Teeth. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Beer City Bruiser or slash Brian Malonis. And you can pick up a bunch of shirts there, too. Martinez Cigars. Mm-hmm. Go uh, click on the it's www.martinez cigars and just click on the Beer City Bruiser cigar and pick them up. Brian? Yeah, cool. I mean, Bruiser said it all, but I'll also plug that uh, every Monday you can you can hear me and my co-host Mike Crockett on uh, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, we talk about all things wrestling. We try to add our spin of two guys who have uh, been around the wrestling business a long time. You can hear a lot of a lot of these road stories and things like this from the Ring of Honor weekend. So that's every, every single Monday. Uh, new, a new uh, episode comes out. We're all the places you can find podcasts and the WPAN.com. <laughs> Thank you very much, Justin, for talking the news with me today. Thank you to Mick, Matt, and the Bouncers. Enjoyed all three of those interviews. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed them getting thrown into your ear holes here today. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow for the last Winkly of the week, and then I'm taking Friday off. Uh, and I get a three-day weekend for since I've been just running around for several weeks now. Uh, but tomorrow on the show, you're going to get to hear from Mark Henry, Dalton Castle, and Silas Young, another murderer's row of big in-person interviews. And those will drop again simultaneously over on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel uh, the same time we drop the Winkly tomorrow. And, of course, if you like the Winkly, you like all the Wrestling Inc. audio, go over to the Wrestling Inc. iTunes channel. Five-star ratings, nice comments, always appreciated. Uh, thank you very much for your patronage and support. Justin, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Yeah, leave some comments on the channel. Tell us what you're liking. Uh, hit a follow at Justin the Bar. See you tomorrow. Yeah, there you go, guys. All right, yes, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.